This podcast series has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcaletrail.ca. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I profile unique breweries around Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence in the international beer scene. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest of the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. If this is your first time here, welcome. I sure hope you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to tell a friend it helps grow this podcast series. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm focusing on a single community on Vancouver Island. Mid-Island is where you'll find the communities of Qualicum Beach and Parksville. Located here are two different types of breweries. In a bit, I'll be speaking with Mount Aerosmith Brewing. But at first, it's the owner and brewer of a very, very small brewery located in the community of Qualicum Beach. My name is Dave Paul. I'm the sole proprietor and head brewer at Love Shack Libations, my little one-man show mm-hmm. here in Qualicum Beach, British Columbia. And we're not like in Qualicum Beach proper, like we're kind of a ways out, right? We're just on the outskirts. I'm probably 50 meters across the city, mm-hmm. across the town line. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically I am in Dashwood. So right. if you see the Dashwood Fire Hall, you've gone too far if you're headed north. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how long have you been open? As of two weeks ago, it'll be three. So three years and two weeks. And we're taping this in March. So, so yeah, yes, February, yeah. I opened February 17, uh, February 11th, 2017. All right, cool. And uh, how did beer find you? Uh, homebrewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it found me quite well. I was homebrewing for years and thought it was making uh, pretty good beer and then uh built an all grain system and discovered I had been making bad beer. And then I started making better beer. And then I had 200 liters in my crawl space and was looking at bigger equipment. And my wife said, why don't you just open your own brewery? And I thought, that's a great idea, especially since you suggested it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, it's not my, it's not my idea. idea. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of that. I thought it'd be too much work and she suggested it. And I said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all myself and do it as small as possible. And mm-hmm. and here we are. And here we are. Um, we are actually taping this in your conditioning room. Yes. First time I've done an episode in a conditioning room because it's great because you are open right now. And I'm uh, very thankful for your time to break away because that, that's quite the crowd out there. Is is that a regular occurrence here? That is a regular occurrence. So right. with limited hours, so I'm only open Wednesdays 5 to 9 and Saturdays 1 to 5. Right. And when I am open, I am generally full. The, right. pretty much the whole time. And what is that capacity? 22 seats. Wow. Yeah. 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 And uh, so we're talking conditioning room. We're sitting amongst the bottles. So like there's a lot stacked in here. Like how many days a week are you brewing? Uh, on average, uh, three. Right. Uh, by summer, it's on average four. Uh, but generally, so anywhere between three and four year round, um, that's 200 production bottles. They're 500 mil bottles and I hand bottle and bottle condition everything. And you just reached a major milestone the other day, didn't you? So I figured out I have now hand bottled 90,000 bottles. Right, right. And no draft here, right? It's- no draft. I've yeah. only ever bottled. I've actually done uh, two 20 liter kegs keg conditioned. There's actually one hidden behind me right here for a tap takeover I'm doing Campbell River at the end of the month. 
and one 20 liter keg was taken before I had bottle conditioned it and it was forced carbonated for a um, craft beer and wilderness retreat last year. And that was technically the first time my beer had been on tap. Right. And it was good, but I still like bottle conditioning. Right, right, right. I think it's a, it's just a different product. Oh yeah. You know, it yeah. can, I have beer in my crawl space at home from three years ago. That's just getting better. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that's going to be the big milestone anniversary beer that you'll yeah. whip out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, definitely. and the, the mouthfeel on it of bottle conditioning, I, I find is just, it's a, it's a different, it's a different product and I really, really like it. Yeah. So with all these bottles, what is the size of that brew house you have back there? It's, it's basically a very scaled up home brew setup, right? Definitely. Right. It is technically a one barrel brew house. So, and batches i don't i don't max the system out so technically a one a one heck brewing system so i generally make 100 liters a batch so last year for instance in the whole for my um reporting year i made 163 hectoliters in a year so mm -hmm. that's good because the liquor board your minimum is supposed to be 150 and i made 163 mm -hmm. but to put that into perspective you know most breweries make that in two days yeah <laughs> or yeah. a big week yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, I, I like how you're coming with all the numbers here, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Um, so uh, what is the brewery focusing on? Because it looks like you have a core lineup and then you kind of have like some fun stuff that you're doing. So like, yeah, so I have, I have four mainstays that I always that I those were my first homebrew recipes that I scaled up and I wanted a, a nice, a, you know, you need the the range. So I have a Kolsch, a cream ale, my version of an IPA and then a porter. And then I generally have four features every week uh, and I release a new beer every Wednesday for my Wednesday crowd. Um, and I generally roll four features, but then with the bottle conditioning, since there's no shelf life, I can come in here and pull another four at least that are still, you know, I'll, I'll save the last case and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a case of Snow White Stout right there that's, and then there's those six cases up there. Those are for this year's advent calendar that I'm not oh, going to touch. Okay. I do a, yeah, I do an advent calendar in the fall. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, one phrase there caught my attention. Uh, my version of an IPA. What is your version of an IPA? Well, it's called DPA and that's for Dave Paul Ale. My mm -hmm. name's Dave Paul. So mm -hmm. I figured if I opened a brewery, I could name a beer after myself. I think you have to. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's just a little darker. So it's, it's like a scaled down CDA. It's like a scaled down Cascadian dark ale, if you ask me. Brilliant, brilliant. But not a true Northwest IPA because it's a little darker. So I've got some chocolate malt in there and it's, you can, it, it is a bit maltier and it's nothing crazy on the hop level. It's about 50 IBUs. So it still tastes like an IPA, but you've got the nice dark backbone. I, there's, I try all of my beers, but I have that many that, and I try not to drink too much because it's way too easy to drink too much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Especially when you're, have this mini beer around well, we're the just time. sitting amongst just it sitting right? on it yeah. Yeah, yeah um and so you know I, I won't have a dpa for two or three weeks and then you know one night i'll like oh i'm gonna have a dpa and then i try it again i think yeah this is uh yeah, this is this, this is why is i started the this brewery. is why i started and that was yeah. the first recipe that i made up myself right and so it's 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 near and dear to my heart for sure all right so let's talk about the specialty things like what 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 do you like to play with here <laughs> like yeah everything yeah okay <laughs> so that's another reason to keep it this small i i can make as long as i keep up with those four mainstays because i have those in the shady rest liquor store in town here is the only retail place that i'll sell to and about eight or nine local restaurants all small ones that i know and have a, mm -hmm. a personal interest in uh so then after that i can make whatever the heck i want right and i do mm -hmm. <laughs> make a lot of fun interesting ones mm -hmm. and then a year and a half ago I was approached by the anthropology professor from Vancouver Island University, whose whole focus of study is the food and beverage of ancient times. Right. And she said uh, that they were looking for a, 
a small brewing operation to be interested in making ancient inspired beers. Well, said, well, well, I'm your guy. <laughs> everything I do is small batch and I would love to try that. So since yeah. then, in a year and a half, we have made six different kinds of ancient inspired beers and multiple batches of two of them. We've only done one. The other four we've done multiple batches of mm -hmm. this Thursday night at the university. We're doing a tasting uh, and an actual event. We're pouring all six of them. Mm -hmm. So they are, and they are fascinating. Uh, it's been such a learning curve of learning and, and it puts a face to the past. Of course, mm -hmm. they're not authentic. We're not, well, no, no, no. You know, I'm not chewing the purple corn for the chicha we make because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's terrible. I yes. a terrible idea. It makes my jaw hurt thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're ancient inspired. And my first thing with her was I said to her, you know, if I, if we're doing this, number one, they're going to be drinkable. And number mm -hmm. two, they're going to be sellable. Yeah. Everyone has gone over amazingly well and they're each very, very unique and different. Right. Everything from the latest Norwegian farmhouse beer we made with yeast smuggled out of Norway mm -hmm. uh, by my Norwegian friend, and that is a raw ale that I've never done before, to the first one we did was this uh, Midas Touche, which is based on an ancient Egyptian beer with um, organic Kamut spelt and, and uh, emmer, uh, ancient grains, and mm -hmm. then coriander, saffron, and honey, and it tastes like a 7.5% golden honey ale. Oh, man. It's that's what I'm sitting on right now. Right, actually. right, right. So luckily, we don't have an opener in here. Yeah. Well, no, I do on my keys. <laughs> <laughs> They're just over here. Hey. Uh, so, okay, we talked about the styles and everything. So, but I got to ask about the name. Where did it come from? I mean, like, did you end up spending all your jukebox money or what did you do? So, <laughs> everyone asked that, but no, it is the ringtone on my cell phone. Uh, yeah. I was in Whistler and uh, my wife and I uh, had just had our child, but my wife actually grew up on the island here. Mm -hmm. uh, and her mom offered to sell us part of an acreage right beside them, just up the road from where we are now, uh, just north of Qualicum. And my wife and her infinite wisdom said, that's a great idea. We'll sell our house and we'll live in a tent with our nine month old and you can build us a shack. I said, well, I'm a waiter and a bartender. I don't mm -hmm. think that's going to work. She said, yeah. no, it'll be fine. You can do it. It'll only take a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So we lived in a tent for six weeks with a nine month old and it rained 28 out of 31 days that May. Right. And I built a 12 by 16 shack that we called the love shack. Right. Uh, moved into that. We lived in that for three and a half years while I built a house. And that's where I started brewing was in the shack. Right. So then when we discussed opening a brewery, I said, well, I'm going to do it all myself. I'm going to call it love shack libations. Mm -hmm. My wife said, I think you're kind of crazy, but go to it. Have fun. All right. And haven't looked back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating story on it's that name. pretty yeah, funny. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, like, how it's like, how was the opening and that whole thing with the community? Like, uh, how's the community's response been to you? Because you're not a traditional brewery. Or, no, especially know. not only being open eight hours a week. So, yeah. the, the support has been absolutely amazing. And even right away, it was busy right off the hop when it opened in February. And then just by the summer, it was shocking to me how busy you could get and mm. and now after the last two years realizing that wasn't busy now now i'm busy yeah yeah, yeah. um like they, do you have lineups in the summer outside yeah. Oh, okay yeah and the community support has been incredible especially wednesday nights it's a lot of the same people who have a, a local food truck that mm. parks out front on wednesdays I, um, I take it like wednesdays is like really locals night instead yeah. of instead of the weekend yeah. Yeah, yeah. saturdays get a lot a lot more people who have heard about me or got dragged here by uh, family and friends on the mm. island or people like been me. told yeah. Yeah. yeah you gotta go check out that guy he's only open eight hours a week you gotta mm. see him but the the really great thing about the tasting room is there's no cell reception. Yeah. So and the tables, the way I've built the the live edge tables, they're um, they're very. You're sitting right across from someone, mm -hmm. so you can't look at your phone. And if you don't talk to them, you're a bit of a dick. Yeah. So the sense of community and people, the conversations have been 
fascinating. And well, like just I was waiting for you and the couple uh, there is like, hey, this this chair is open if you want to sit down. I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm just waiting for him. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks, though. So, yeah. so that seeing that is great. Now, so people are coming back in just to see people they've met here before. They're like, OK, we'll see you next Wednesday. You're coming back. Yeah. So uh, and, the you know, you get hipsters from East Van sitting across from a 75 year old retired logger from mm -hmm. just up the road. You know, where else are they going to? strike up a conversation and have a great time mm -hmm. because the common denominator is beer. Yeah. So it, it really is a, it really is working out. Well, no, breweries are the community hubs. So totally. like, yeah, 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 yeah. And if they're other than that, then I'm like, hmm, uh, yeah. <laughs> why aren't you the community? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, where does your inspiration come from then? Who, who are you turning to like in the province that kind of inspires you for beer creation and stuff here? A lot of it is just, what I think I want to drink next, to tell you the truth. Right. Uh, I make a hazy called Juicy Juice that I have to keep making because everyone loves it so much. But now, you know, I just made a Mai Tai IPA. Um, my friend Adam, the assistant brewer at Aerosmith, he's like, hey, we should make a Mai Tai sometime. And as soon as he said that, I was like, that's a great idea. But as far as breweries go and getting inspiration, Aaron at Twin City in Port Alberni is, mm -hmm. to me, I don't, I'm not a huge sour fan. His sours are the, some of the best I've ever tried. Right. And then for what conveniently being this close to Aerosmith, uh, Dave Woodward, the head brewer at Aerosmith likes to, uh, he'll drop beer off here. And if you want to taste what beer is supposed to taste like what it's got, if you want a, a Northwest IPA, go try his IPA. Cause that is exactly what it is. He just released his Pilsner and he brought me a growler of it the other night. One of the better beers I've tried. All oh, right. Really shocked, shocked and amazed. And so then, uh, if somebody was to come out here and visit you, you know, what, what is something that you would want them to leave with as an experience of visiting your place? That sense of community, definitely. And the, and the fact that the guy who made the beer is the one opening it for you and pouring it. And every day, right? Every day. Well, well, well every day you're well, open. Every day you're open. eight hours of that week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and also, and, and if you are, you know, and if someone's in the area and you can make an appointment and come see me because I am in here generally five days a week. So you can drop in and, and just buy some. And, hmm. and locals know that now. So if they see my vehicle out front, I get people just wandering <laughs> in. Handbrake hey, turn, turn yeah. around. Yeah. Can we buy yeah. some beer? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I want them to, to take away the fact that it was, it's something special, right? My mm -hmm. The tasting room itself is a, it's, it's unlike any other i find it's just that that small you're sitting right amidst the brewing equipment you're forced to talk to people and it's just a fun fun happy place and if somebody was wanting to go down the path of opening a brewery themselves what would be some advice you could give them um have lots of time and have lots of money right and have lots of patience because it is a long arduous process um and either go big or go small right you and do something different because you know there's almost 200 breweries in the province and mm -hmm. there's rumors of some closing down mm -hmm. and You've got to make sure you know what you're getting into. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Dave. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Huge thank you to Dave for his time. I just made it in time for opening, which is a shame because like I wanted to be there before things got too busy, but I, I was actually pretty glad that I was there to see everything really busy. And uh, that's an awesome spot. I can't wait to go back and visit that tasting room again. And uh, yeah, I brought home some really lovely beers from Dave and they're still sitting in my fridge and can't wait to open them up uh, for some special occasions. And uh, you know, I might have to put another order in. I just want to take a moment to talk about the BCL trail and thank them again for making this episode possible. And now you can also download the BCL trail app. The BCL trail showcases many parts of the province on their website and you'll find recommended itineraries for each region, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, 
along with other activities the area has to offer. The app gives the users the ability to collect rewards by visiting the breweries and related businesses or events, which can be redeemed for merchandise and other discounts at participating locations. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or just being a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at thebcaletrail.ca. Okay, time for the second brewery of this episode. They're located in Parksville, and compared to our previous brewery, they're the much more traditional size. So I sat down with Mount Aerosmith. My name is David Woodward. I am the head brewer here at Mount Aerosmith Brewing Company. I've been here since uh, the restart. All right, and we're like uh, in Qualicum Beach, just outside of Parksville. I mean, that's... Which city are you leading or community are you leading to more towards? Uh, well, I was born and raised in this area. So, I mean, I like, I like the community of Oceanside in general as a whole. Right. I'm actually living in French Creek is right between, in between Qualicum and Parksville. So, right. I mean, so I go between both. My mom's in Qualicum. My, some of my uncles and cousins are in Parksville. There's an Nanaimo Hill. That's right. I'm mid-island, basically. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. And uh, how long has this brewery been open for? We've been in operation since 2016, actually. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, you won at the BC Beer Awards. Uh, brewery of the year when when you opened up right? uh, the, the the new brewery of the year that is correct yeah, yes yeah. we uh did that back in 2017 we started in 2016 we took about six months to get operational mm-hmm. so we were going by like april of 2017 and then we started putting out beer and then yeah and then that year we won the brewery of the year for bc which was pretty cool you know, six months open so yeah that was good okay, yeah yeah and, and so uh how did beer find you um i just always i was like tinkering making things my hands cooking building. I was in Stonemason for years and I worked at a brew in Qualicum uh, and I was like making beer there. And then eventually I decided to um, get into beer making. found about a course in the UK teaching brewing. I was like, I figured what the heck. And I don't speak German, so it worked out pretty well. Okay. And uh, someone told me, you know, in the best of times, uh, people drink for joy. In the worst times, they'll drink around sorrow. So you have a job. So it, that's worked out pretty well so far. All so, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how long was that course? Uh, it was about a six-month course, um, British Brewing Technology, a brew lab at the University of Sunderland mm-hmm. in the UK. So I lived in the north of Eng- England, uh, right, right by Newcastle upon Tyne, near the Scottish border, and had a great time up there. Well, what was the name of your pub that uh, you hung out there? Um, the- I think it was the Fitzgerald's there. Um, that was on Sunderland Main Street at the time. There's lots of good pubs in there. Everywhere. You throw a rock at a pub in yep. England. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, do, you, do you miss a certain beer at all from those pubs? I like uh, beer-wise, I mean, I like my cask ales in England. I do miss those. We don't really do them really properly over here as much with the traditional beer engines and kitcheneum and the firkins and stuff. Uh, I just like the pub atmosphere, the culture, you know, every small village you go to has a little pub and, you know, you get a food, have, you know, south, they have lots of gardens and stuff. It's yeah. And yeah, so I do, I do miss the UK. I'm trying to, mm-hmm. maybe I'll go back eventually. Yeah. So would you say your style is mostly UK or, um, you know, are you, what, what styles of beer are you focusing on here at the brewery? Um, I started brewing a lot of British beers. I still quite like the British ales and do that. I've sort of, as I moved out here, got into, um, when I was in Whistler, I worked at the Whistler Brew House there for five years and got into lager making because lagers are mm-hmm. the most popular style of beer around the world. So I learned about proper lager production from some very experienced brewers at that company. And then, yeah, then I sort of, as I went over here, came back to Ireland back 2010, started helped start a brewery on the West Coast of the island here. I mean, starts with tea. I'm sure people know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, then I sort of got into foraging when I was out there. So I was veering towards West Coast style beers, more drier, hoppier stuff. And then I got into things like um, going out the woods and Sika spruce, which I quite love now. And I kind of, and really like making beers with that. So I got into foraging that. Uh, mushrooms, um, which sort of using a few beers here and there. 
uh, and other things I can find in the environment to put in the beer. That's sort of, that's sort of my jam these days. I'm kind of very yeah. island focused. And uh, like yeah. That. So what can we find in the environment? Sustainable and tastes really good. Well, d- does your malt come from the island at all or some of it? Uh, not currently. I'm mostly getting it from companies that grow mostly in Saskatchewan and Alberta. Uh, there are some BC available malts um, and there are some malt, some people growing barley on the island, but uh, I'll have to get on it eventually. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a malting facility to deal with that. So yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. And then now uh, what about hops? Where are those coming from? Uh, those are currently coming mostly from Yakima, Willamette Valley. I got them imported. Um, I use some BC and Island hops for doing wet hop beers mm-hmm. uh, in the in the fall. That's kind of, I quite like doing that once a year. That's quite a nice thing. Also import some European hops, and I quite like the Australian New Zealand hops. So mm-hmm. I kind of sort of like to pick and choose what I want for the beers. Right. It tastes really good and sustainable. Yeah, I lived in New Zealand for eight years, and uh, I do miss those hops. Uh, what's what's your favorite off the top of your head? Um, oh, God, there's Nelson Sauvignon. I quite oh, yeah. like that one there. Motuika, if I pronounce that correctly. Yep. Um, yeah, there's all the, I like those tr- those really sort of whiny flavors of New Zealand hops, and then the really outrageously tropical fruit flavors of Australian hops are quite nice, too. Yeah, I really like uh, the Rewaka. So. That's another one good yeah. one there, yeah. Yeah, there's so yeah. many good ones there too. And we're getting some new ones here in BC. Like the, I use that lumberjack hop, which is quite a nice one. Uh, that's good. And that Sasquatch I played around with a bit. So I'm looking forward to more BC varieties of hops come up and play and using those. Yeah. And I tried the brew one from Yakima too. So really? okay. that, one, that one's really interesting. So okay. That like sounds good. Straight pineapple juice. So Oh, nice. That sounds good. I'll have to put it in a pineapple beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mold up. So how long did it take to build the brewery out? Um, it only took about... Well, the planning before I came on the, took a couple of years with my partners. And then, um, well, they also own a construction company here in uh, town. So actually getting things built very rapidly was quite a, a, an easy thing. This is probably the easiest build I've been on. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less of the um, herding of cats when it comes to dealing with tradespeople. Yeah. So, or, you know, like, uh, what is it? The uh, carpenter's house is never finished, right? Like like those issues? So, uh, yeah. No, it's actually what came together pretty well. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and so we got everyone in, all the ducks in a row lined up and everything got done very well. And yeah, and then the uh, city council is very, very supportive of this. They like the idea of having a craft brewery in town here. Uh, yeah, so everyone's on board with that. So there's no opposition really to anything. So mm-hmm. it's like, why not? So and then, so everything went really well. And the uh, reception here by the public and the townspeople was great. People like having a local craft brewery to come and hang out and drink beer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I'm not too familiar with the community, but like we are like, you know, in an, an industrial part, um, like, but are we kind of walking distance to like the residential area of town or? Uh, we are know? actually, there's a small uh, sort of trailer home park next door over there. And down the roads, there are lots of housing and residential suburbs. You can, it's about a 10, 15 mo- minute walk from the downtown of Parksville. So it's not too far at all. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not, Parksville's not a big city. It's mm-hmm. a, you can get around pretty easily. Yeah. Bike easily. Oh, yeah. very easily. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, like, yeah, we're touring the brew house here. Uh, what's the size of your brew house that you started with? And then we'll talk about this expanded room that we're sitting sure. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The brew house itself is, uh, 20 hectoliters in brew length. Uh, so that's a, that's a decent size for a production brewery, is that is our, our focus here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it works very well. And then, um, you know, all the equipment is made by Smith and Mechanical down in Victoria and all works extremely well. And then, yeah. So basically, and then we, um, Shoved it all on the first side of things, uh, and then we just had a one little bottler in the corner there, and kegger, and keg washing, keg racking, and stuff while the brews were going on. So it was a little, little tight. Mm-hmm. And then after the first year, then we took over this second bay, which we're sitting in currently, and then um, expanded, uh, got an additional bottler, put in more tank capacity for extra volume of beers, and um, yeah, and then a little more space to do things. And and now we have our canner shoved in the corner here, which we're going to start firing up uh, ne- late next week, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, the new exciting piece of equipment. So with this canning run, then uh, like what's what's your 
uh, distribution like uh, radius that you're looking to achieve? Uh, well, we are currently basically mostly based on the island right now. We are, of course, our home turf here in Parks of Qualicum, uh, Nanaimo, Exeter, Courtney, quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. We also do quite a lot of beer in Port Alberni and then Tofino and Uculet, sell that. And we also are selling a fair amount of beer in Victoria itself down there, the cold beer wine stores and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're mostly just island-based right now. Um, it just um, getting the beer off the island. It just is a little more extra effort and mm-hmm. cost and stuff. Oh, anything coming and going from this island, right? Is pretty much, pretty, yeah. yeah. So it's like we're literally selling everything we make here. So uh, not at this point, we're not really going to be doing distribution off island. I think. All right. Yeah. Cool. And then like with that, like you talked about some of your inspiration in terms of ingredients, uh, like who else on the island do you kind of turn to for inspiration for what they're doing for beer ideas? Uh, well, see, Brewers and ourselves, we're very collaborative in our efforts and stuff here too. So, um, I will, um, go talk to, um, let's see, I hang out quite a bit at Twin Cities in Port Alberni. I quite like, I really like what they do there for their beers and stuff. So often when I'm going back out to visit Euclid or Tofino, um, I'll stop there on the way back and have a few beers and chat with them. Uh, I quite like Gladstone up in Courtney. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite impressed by what Landon C and Comox is doing there. Tessa, the head brewer there, she's doing exceptional quality beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we, we actually did a beer last year, uh, with, uh, Grand Fur Tips or an I, and it was like a Nordic Quebec beer with, uh, Fur Tips, which turned out excellent. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's sort of cross collaboration thing I quite like doing. And, uh, and of course all my Victoria peeps down in Victoria too. And yeah, yeah. And I still catch up with people on the mainland too but it's a little harder to get off the island these days. Yeah. I'm very much focused on the island these days, but yeah. 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 So like, uh, we, we didn't talk about the core beers. Like what's, what's your core beer lineup here that you do? Oh, uh, let's see. We got a range of beers. We got our first one, our Aerosmith Blonde, uh, which um, is basically a very good West Coast uh, blonde um, hopped with Chinook and Cascade. So it has quite a nice grapefruit bite to it a little mm-hmm. bit. And when we first put out, some people were complaining, oh, this is too hoppy and stuff. And then that one gold at the BC Beer Awards. And I was like, you know what? This is the best beer in the province. So you better <laughs> yeah. just, just drink it. Um, yeah. So it's one of few other things since then. So I'm quite proud of that beer. Uh, we have our Salish Sea Pale Ale, which is again, a West Coasty, a little more malt forward, but nice hop. Um, West Coast Pale Ale with some nice British Crystal Malts and Mosaic Hops, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. Has a nice little passion fruit kick and aroma. Uh, our Jagged Face India Pale Ale, uh, which is again a very West Coast hoppy IPA. Um, it's uh, not the East Coast sort of uh, lactose sugared uh, mm-hmm. sweet thing um, with the haze. It's uh, very much a clear and bitter West Coast uh, IPA, right. which I quite like. That sort of traditional beer. I also do like the East Coast beers; they're quite good too. It's just different, um, you know, semantics, so to speak. So, uh, and then also we have our, uh, low pressure Porter, which is again, West coasty, more full bodied, uh, nice roasty chocolatey Porter, very delicious beer. And what else am I thinking of? We just have our, um, we just put out a Pilsner, the boss Pilsner, which is a German style Pilsner or North German style Pilsner, more drier, hoppier, cold fermented, cold aged, the whole nine yards with it. No rushing. It's like two and a half, three months old now, which is exceptionally good for a good lager and hop with German uh, Mandarina Bavaria and uh, Hallerto Blanc, which are sort of new, newer flavors for the European hops. Um, mm-hmm. The Germans quite liked our uh, sort of flavors of West Coast hops, but um, they don't want to import any. So they developed their own variety hops that taste like ours right which i think you know imitations is a form of flattery yeah 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 that's good so we talked about this canning line so some of those beers would be 
canned off, then those would be your regulars. And then you still have your bomber over here and you'll still be doing specialty beers from time to time in those, right? That is correct. Yeah. We're going to have our main uh, brands in the cans and then we're probably, we're going to save the one bottler for doing some specialty runs on whatever we will try to do like um, three or four, maybe five times a year to put out something new and interesting. Um, yeah. So we have the Pilsner right now. We might bring out our sea run Saison again in the springtime. That was a very popular Saison. was one, another one I'm very proud of. Very good sort of Belgian style Saison with mm-hmm. uh, all citrus hops which actually is a little different but i quite yeah. like citra yeah so i just threw a whole whack in there and it tasted great i'm a big sucker for citra so. oh yeah it's yeah. one of my favorite west coast hops and then yeah and then the fall we'll be doing some other things there too and uh yeah i think actually we'll, uh, land and sea and twin cities a collab brew here so i'm gonna probably bring those guys in to do something in the fall all right brilliant yeah. well if somebody was wanting to get into brewing themselves uh, what would be some nice practical tips you can give them to make better beer clean the crap out of everything um that's basically what it comes down sanitation okay. sanitation sanitation a lot of um homebrewers get into it and they get and then they wonder why their beer tastes a little funny and i'll say well what'd you clean what'd you sanitize with and oh i just i just use some hot water and soap i'm like that's not really that good you beer is a fer- perishable food product so please get some proper cleaning chemicals wear the appropriate uh safety gloves and mm. goggles and wash the crap out of it sanitize it properly and everything be very paranoid in your brewing process everything that beer comes in contact with you have to think about so well, it's something that. you're ingesting too right so oh exactly like yeah so you also make sure the chemicals have been rinsed thoroughly and everything else there too uh yeah he's, he's just, that's the main thing there and also i always say temperature some people don't seem to understand well yeast is a living microorganism and it's very susceptible to temperature fluctuation change. And if it gets too warm or too cold, it can stall the fermentation or cause a shoot of control and create really horrible, harsh flavors. So again, temperature control is another tip I give for brewers starting out. All right. Well, thank you, Dave, for your time. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for coming by. Let's uh, try some beer. Thank you to Dave Woodward for his time at Mount Aerosmith. And thanks again to Dave Paul over at Love Shack Libations. Uh, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Both breweries are amazing. They're a short distance between each other. I highly recommend you go check them out. Big thanks again to the BCL Trail for making this episode possible. If you want to, uh, you know, look at the itineraries of possibilities, Mid-Island, head on over to the bcltrail.ca. For previous episodes, more information, and, you know, to follow this podcast series along, come check us out at the website cascadian.beer. Also hope that you're subscribed in your podcast app or wherever you've listened to this so you don't miss future episodes. And thank you again so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.